Oh, well, that's loud. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was really, really good. Let's give them another hand. So uh, today's message has already been preached. Uh, it's interesting because two weeks ago I was really planning something totally different, and I shared with Stephen this week after he shared most of my message last week that uh, the Lord had changed it last week during the middle of the week. I think it was on Tuesday, so the week before. Um, <clears throat> and so anyway, I thought that was interesting. But uh, apparently, God wants us to be thankful and grateful and appreciative, and he's giving us a message that's coming from the worship songs, through the uh, skit, through everything that's been said and done today. So when you know the Lord's speaking, it's time to pay attention. It's really time to pay attention. So for me, the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, ever since I was a little kid, uh, has always been something I looked forward to. And when I was a little kid, I didn't look forward to it in order to give thanks to God. I looked forward to it because there was a lot of food in the house and there were uh, special friends and family members that would come around. And I looked forward to having them around. And um, it was just, you know, a day of family and laughter and good times. And so that's why I looked forward to the Thanksgiving holiday as a child. Um, <clears throat> after I came to know the Lord, it was really interesting to me how that um, the meaning of Christmas, Easter, and Thanksgiving um, took on new depth for me. Uh, it was almost like a whole new perspective on each one of those holidays for me. Um, and so for Thanksgiving, I have really try to be a person to be thankful and to be appreciative. And I know that I got a long, long way to go in that. Um, but it's something I strive for. And I was in a restaurant um, within the last two weeks and I heard the saddest conversation. And there were two guys um, sitting in the booth next to me and there weren't many people in the restaurant. So it was easy to hear their conversation. And one guy started by talking about how he was not looking forward to the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. And because um, <clears throat> his wife and his mother had for years and years gone to this great effort to cook all this food and for what purpose and... Uh, the family didn't get along and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they would come together and eat and really didn't enjoy it. And so last year leading up to Thanksgiving, they had decided that he and his wife decided they were not going to do Thanksgiving uh, that year. And so they notified his mom. He's an only child. They notified his mom and dad that they weren't coming for Thanksgiving. So, his mom called back a few days later and said, uh, well, since you all aren't coming, we're going to go do Thanksgiving with so-and-so. And so this guy and his wife started talking, and so they felt bad. And so they decided, well, 
we'll do Thanksgiving with mom and dad, but we're only going to do just a little instead of going to all the extravagant means that we've done in the past. So they agreed to that, and then the mom and the wife got together, and they wound up doing another big extravagant meal. So this year, he and his wife have talked, and they have put their foot down, and they're not doing Thanksgiving at all this year. And the other guy was like, yeah, he said, it's just a waste of time. There's no purpose in getting together. And I was just sitting there, and I was just like, wow, you know. And really, you know, Thanksgiving shouldn't be about the food, you know. It did start as a result of a bountiful harvest, okay. But it's about giving thanks to God. It's about looking at all the many, many blessings that God has blessed us and bestowed upon us and giving that thanks back to God, whether we have all the food to offer or not, you know. And getting together with other people and sharing that experience, it just makes it extra special. And so, you know, since then I have prayed for both of those families. I uh, didn't do it at the time. I was too shocked with the conversation. I did, that was just, that to me, that was foreign because that was not, has not been my experience. Uh, but um, if you think about them, I don't know their names, but if you think about them during this season, pray for them and their families. Um, let's look at this scripture, uh, first scripture I have for us, Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So one of the things that stands out to me about these verses is just how uplifting and how positive they are. You know, it really sets an atmosphere for how worship should be. Uh, You know, shout for joy. Worship the Lord with gladness, you know. There was gladness in here today. There was joy in here today. Come before him with what type of songs? Joyful songs, okay? Uh, know, not just know about it, but mm, know that the Lord is good, okay? Know that in your heart, okay? It's he, God, who made us and not us, as King James said, and not we ourselves, okay? Okay? It's he who made us and not us. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Never runs out. Never comes to an end. All right. So enter his gates with thanksgiving. Give thanks to him. Both of those are commands, not options. Both of those are commands, not options. All right. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right, I'm going to read that one again, just in case we missed it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So what is his will for us? To give thanks in every situation, okay? All right, so... um, you know, you think about that, and, you know, sometimes we are in bad situations. We're in situations that we don't like. We're in situations we don't want to be in. Um, sometimes it could be our work environment, people we work with, people we live with. Um, sometimes we're sick in our bodies. Sometimes um, we don't have the money that we want or need, think we need. Sometimes it's whatever it would be, okay? But in those situations, in everything, okay, give thanks. How in the world do we give thanks when we're in what we consider to be negative situations? The only way I know is we have to have an inner trust in God that his heart is for us and that God only has good planned for us, okay? When we have that as our inner conviction, then when we are in those situations, those type situations, we can say to God something like, Lord, I don't have the money for this upcoming bill, and it's already past due, but I thank you, Lord, that you see it, you know it, and I thank you that you will provide, that you're going to take care of this and you're going to bring me through on the other side. Lord, my body is racked with pain right now. I hurt, I ache. It's been going on for a long time. But Lord, I thank you that your word says I am healed. I don't feel healed, but your word says I am healed. I proclaim By faith, I am healed. I proclaim your faithfulness to me. I give you thanks, Lord, that you will honor your word. I give you thanks that your love for me never runs out. I give you thanks, Lord, that you are working on my behalf. That's the way that we give thanks in all situations, okay? Only because we have this inner trust, this inner conviction that God is for us, and he's working all things for our good. All right, turn to Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What I want us to notice here is, this is a scripture that um, Paul, you know, wrote to the Colossian church. And he's really talking about their walk with God, okay? Um, and so he says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness, okay? Well, it's one thing. Okay, to give thanks and be thankful. 
to me, it's another whole level to be overflowing with thankfulness. Okay? That's a whole nother level. But guess what? That's what the word of God tells us that God wants us to be. He wants us to be people, Christians, who overflow with thankfulness. Not just have some thankfulness, okay? Our cup is almost full. He wants it to be full and running over with thankfulness, okay? So be challenged with that and allow the Lord to keep working that in your lives as I'm challenged by it myself. Can someone give me an idea? I want to throw this open for you guys to give me feedback. What might it look like if you and I were people overflowing with thankfulness? What, what's some descriptions that would come to your mind? I was well. What I meant was, how, how, if you were overflowing with it, is it sometimes? No, it's, it's, it's regardless of what's going on. Okay, and is there a difference between joyfulness and happiness? Yes. Okay, what do you think that is? The simplest way I can explain it is that I can be joyful going through as much hell as possible. Okay. Because it has nothing to do with my circumstances. Okay. Okay. And joy comes from the inside. Happiness comes from the external. Jackie, I believe you were. Okay. Laughter versus grumbling. Good. Somebody else? Overflowing with thankfulness. Never complaining. I, yep. If we were overflowing with it, we would not be complaining. Things that would bother us don't bother us. I like that. I like that. What else? Any other descriptions? Okay, Roberta. Generousness. Okay. Okay. Very good. I like that. One maybe. Maybe one more. Anybody got one? Overflowing with thankful. I've oh, got two. Oh, one. Okay. Being more gracious to others um, as a result of being gr- thankful yourself. And Suzanne. I was trying to think. It's not like being Pollyannish. It's not like a faith happiness or a faith, you know, oh, everything's great. It's not like that. But it's there's an anchoring or a peace because you're anchored. It's like, it's like we know, like all the, all the biblical analogies. But, like, there can be a storm around you. You're not acknowledging that you're not going through something, but you have an inner peace that people can see because you know God's got it. So you exude a sort, certain sort of supernatural peace okay. that's not to be noticed, but it is noticeable because it's uh, not human. How about peace that passes all understanding? <laughs> all right. It, it makes no sense, but it's there. All right. Like that. Okay. So um, keep that in mind. 
overflowing with thankfulness. All right. So um, I wanted to do a little bit of research. I went back to my master's um, when I was in master's school and doing research. I was like, I thought, I was like, I wonder what uh, is out there regarding scientifically based reasons for being thankful. So I did a little research and I found seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. This is uh, from Forbes Online. So, and they used, uh, each one of these is from a different um, research article. So number one is, and some of these are going to go with what you guys have already said. Number one, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. According to a 2014 study published in Emotion, thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. So whether you thank a stranger for holding the door or you send a quick thank you note to that coworker who helped you with a project, acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. Number two, gratitude improves physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains, and they report feeling happier than other people, according to a 2012 study published in Personality and Individual Differences. Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions, ranging from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Robert A. Emmons, Ph.D., a leading gratitude researcher, has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Number four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner even when others behave less kind, according to a 2012 study by the University of Kentucky. Study participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. Number five, grateful people sleep better. Writing in a gratitude journal improves, well, sorry, writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep, according to a 2011 study published in Applied Psychology, Health and Well-Being. Spend just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed, and you may sleep better and longer. Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. A 2014 study published in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that gratitude increased athlete self-esteem, which is an essential component to optimal performance. Other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Rather than becoming resentful toward people who have more money or better jobs, which is a major factor in reduced self-esteem, Grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. And number seven, gratitude increases mental strength. For years, research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published in 
Behavior Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. A 2003 study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attack on September 11th. Recognizing all you have to be thankful for, even during the worst times of your life, fosters resilience. All right. So then I wanted to know why would God want us to be thankful? So I wanted to take a look at it from a Christian or a biblical perspective. We see in many places in Scripture where God instructs us to, and yes, even commands us to give thanks unto him. Why would this be so? Being appreciative and thankful to God does the following things, in my opinion, and I'm sure there are many more that could be listed. First, in Psalm 100, verse 3, which we looked at just a little bit ago, it says, it is he who made us and we are his, or as King James says, and not we ourselves. Giving thanks helps, keep, helps us keep a right perspective that God is God and we are not. We belong to him and we were made for his pleasure and for his purpose and not the other way around. Number two, being thankful helps us appreciate the many blessings we have each day and not focus so much on what we don't have or on what we want. Number three, being grateful builds in us a heart to give more, especially to help others who are worse off than we are. Number four, a heart of thankfulness keeps us humble before God and before others. We realize that we are not the source of our own blessings. And without the grace, mercy, and favor of God, we would be in a much worse situation. And last one that I listed, being thankful to God causes us to love him even more as we reflect upon just how good God has been and is to us. All right. So, as we all know, with this Thursday is Thanksgiving. So um, I wanted to find out also how did Thanksgiving as a holiday get started here in the U.S.? Okay, so it started with Abraham Lincoln. Well, put it this way. Before it was proclaimed as a national holiday that was going to be continuous, George Washington actually proclaimed the first day of Thanksgiving in 1789, and then he proclaimed another one in 1795. Um, and then um, it was celebrated at different times up until 1863. And in 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation um, to declare a national holiday of Thanksgiving. And then since that year, um, Thanksgiving has been celebrated every year on the fourth Thursday in November. So I, uh, I have his um, proclamation here, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want, thought I would read uh, some of it to you. So it starts with, this is uh, again from Abraham Lincoln. It's written by his Secretary of State, William Seward. 
The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. All right, that's how I get started. And then I'm going to read to you basically the last part. So I'm leaving out maybe the middle part of it. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens. The middle part of it is he lists various things that the nation has to be grateful for. So that's what the middle part is. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea, and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perseverance and disobedience Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in this lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. And this was done in Washington the third day of October in 1863. All right. So, with all of that in mind, here is your part that I have for you. So, uh, Ernest, could I get your help? And Craig, those sheets right there, uh, if you will pass those out to each person. What I've done is um, there's two pages. If you need a pen, the guys have pens. Um, okay. So I have here um, a sheet titled Giving Thanks Unto God. And I want us to actually take time in the service to fill this out. Because if I give it to you and tell you to do it on your own later on, I know some will not get it done. Um, so I want us to take the time to do this now. And then uh, when we finish, Mike, if we could have your team come back up and you can either do one of your songs you've already done.